Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you're having a good week. I know this time of year can be difficult for a lot of people. The holidays, while lovely and happy, some of the time can also be sort of melancholy, especially if you're missing a loved one. And I've shared with you guys that I lost my mom seven years ago um, in December, so it can be a tough time for me too. Uh, But it also had me reflecting on this podcast and how it got started. I'm coming up on five years of podcasting, which is absolutely mind-blowing. I never thought I would still be doing this. I started it kind of as a hobby of something to do to take my mind off of everything that was happening in D.C. that I was, you know, and work and everything and something that brought me joy. And the housewives and these shows on Bravo, I got really into after my mother's death. I'd watched them before and always enjoyed them, but I was more of a casual fan. I mean, I'd watch the shows, but I wasn't like deep into it. And then, you know, my mom died and my apartment burned down and it was just a rough, rough time. And there was almost no show that I could watch because I felt like Things would come up like with between a mom and a daughter or a death or or something and it would make me emotional and I wouldn't want to watch it anymore. But I found The Housewives and at the time I'd only been watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I think, and maybe The O.C., but it was winter, it was dark, I was depressed and I decided, okay, I'm going to start The Real Housewives of Atlanta And these women made me howl with laughter. I mean, I don't know if I was laughing out loud because I was so depressed at the time, but I mean, they put a smile on my face when nothing else could. And the craziness of Vanderpump Rules brought me, you know, some joy. And I actually met Andy Cohen a year after my mom's death um, with my roommate at the time. And we had, you know, experienced this horrible fire together. And we told him that, you know, we had this fire and my mom died and we had no place to live and we would go from like Airbnb to Airbnb. But we made sure that they had Bravo at the Airbnbs because that was sort of what was needed at the time to get us through. So sending love to everyone that's having a tough time this holiday season and know that even if things are down, you can always find some joy in these crazy shows that we watch together. This week was the season finale of Winter House Season 2. I'm not sure if I enjoyed it as much as Season 1, but, you know, I did tune in every week. It was hard because so much of the cast I found really unlikable. I just, oh, and maybe that's how most of you feel watching these shows, but I actually like a lot of the people that are on the shows. I find them entertaining. I'm kind of rooting for them. And in this scenario, I mean, I didn't like anyone except for maybe Jason part of the time, Rachel I really liked, and Luke part of the time. Everyone else was just pissing me off and annoying 
And I saw someone on social media come up with the idea that Jason should return as the cook and Luke should return as the person who's in charge of winter activities, but that they should get an entirely new, younger cast. And that was an intriguing, intriguing proposal. I might tune into something like that. I just felt kind of icky watching the end where Rachel opened up about how Jess made her feel and how being an Asian woman, sometimes she feels like undesirable and like complicated feelings that she had about growing up in a white family. She was adopted and there was just a lot happening and no one was giving her time or space to process that or talk or just let out her feelings in st- other than Amanda. Like Amanda was really good with her and then leader Jason was great with her too. But it was really annoying to watch Paige kind of be like, okay, well, you're dealing with your stuff and you're crying and Amanda's with you. But now I'm going to share my grievances with Jess. It just it felt icky. And when Austin pointed it out, I thought he (laughs) was like being very empathetic. And then, you know, Paige just like goes after him. I don't know. All of it. All of them are annoying. Sierra is annoying. I... I'm so glad she's done with Austin, but why did it have to get to this point? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm going to miss these people. I am excited for the Summer House season seven that is upcoming because I really do like watching Lindsay and Carl call me crazy. Um, I'm definitely going to miss Luke. I like those three. I like what they bring to the show. I like their friendship. Um Maybe they're starting to outgrow the show. I don't know. What do you guys think? It's always interesting. These shows started when people were more in their 20s and maybe early 30s. And now they're kind of all in their late 20s, late 30s, pushing 40. And they're the age that a lot of the housewives shows are. And it's like, oh, I have not yet started watching Southern Hospitality, but I've heard really good things about it. And I feel like restarting some of these shows or adding some shows that are young 20-something kids, you know, will be needed because I'm starting to feel like Vanderpump and Summer House and Southern Charm are sort of aging out of what the shows are. And we're just still tuning in and I'm not I'm not sure why. Um One thing I did want to say about this episode is just a quick trigger warning that um, we do talk about suicide uh, because it was brought up in this week's episode of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I hope that my comments on it are not offensive to anyone. I do take suicide and mental health extremely seriously, and that's why I was so upset to see the way in which Jen, I felt like was using her story almost as a weapon. Um, I don't, you know, I obviously like don't wish ill on Jen Shaw. I hope she gets the help that she needs. Um, but I just, it it really didn't sit well with me how she brought it up um, on the show. But again, it is her story and she can, um, she can share it how she likes. Now, uh, There was a big story that broke while Kendrick and I were recording, and so we missed it. But apparently, 
the feds, when they raided Jen Shah's house, did an inventory of what was in it, and there were multiple counterfeit designer items. And it made it sound like all of the stuff that she was wearing wasn't real Gucci or real Prada or real Balenciaga. It was all knockoffs from China. And (laughs) I think that's probably maybe the reason that she's not going to show to the Salt Lake City reunion. It sounded like she was originally uninvited and then maybe invited back as long as she talked about why she pled guilty and everything going on. And I think she's honestly, this is so sad. I think she's more embarrassed about having fake items than she is about defrauding the elderly and running in, in crazy fraud scheme. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think she's an absolute monster um, of a person. And, you know, again, I hope she gets the help that she needs, but it's going to have to be behind bars. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens at her sentencing. Her lawyers are asking for three years in prison, um, but the plea deal that she took was um, 11 to 14 years, and I think that it will be closer to that range. But we shall see what happens. All right. I have such a fun guest today. We had a great conversation. I love Kendrick Tucker. I think he has the best voice in podcasting. He's so joyful. He loves these shows. We laughed a lot, and we just gabbed about all these gals that we enjoy watching on our TV. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. And if you have any, I don't know, feedback for me, any constructive criticism, my DMs are open. You can reach me at Mandy Slutsker on Instagram. I hope you guys have a happy Hanukkah, a Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, and a restful and rejuvenating holiday season. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and then back with Kendrick. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, everyone. I'm here with everyone's favorite person, the host of the podcast, Reality and Comics 2. We have become IRL friends as of the last couple of months, and he is just so hilarious. He's even gotten me to watch Marvel movies. Okay, thus far, just two, and they are both Black Panther, but still, that is a huge, (laughs) huge accomplishment because I claimed I would never watch a superhero movie. Welcome to the podcast, Kendrick Tucker. Why, hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's been a minute since we've actually gotten to like record together. So I like I'm, I'm always happy to be here. I, we we always we have good conversation. Then you always give me like the best like bachelor, bachelorette like recommendations. Oh, like I start yes. my journey all it's it's all good stuff. So hi. Hi. 
<laughs> I got to give you I got to give you a real live hug recently. Like that was oh, the the, was best the best moment ever. Yes. It was so oh my fantastic. It's so good. Oh, we got to get you back to D.C. again. We got to get Donnie and Quinn right? down. We got to yes. just get the gang back together. Oh, it was yes. so, so, so fun. Oh my God. Um, are you enjoying where we're at in the season of Bravo? Like what the what's kind of on the rotation, the various mm-hmm. housewives, the winter house of it all, the family karma? Like, do you watch it all or do you just like selectively watch I'm I'm a selective watcher, but like on the the more positive end, like on the more you know close to 100. <laughs> percent you know. <laughs> so like I watch like you know all the housewives. I have to because like that's what everyone watches. So I'm like okay, whatever. And surprisingly, I'm enjoying everyone, which is kind of crazy. But I but I also I I love me some Family Karma, oh, and so I'm too. definitely watching Family Karma. Like I I can't get enough of those aunties, those uncles. I just love everybody. Um, I I've never been a below deck person, so like I don't know why I need to. I, I've just said like I feel like I got onto it way too late. So I'm like okay, it's like Marvel when you you know you got to watch. 38 movies and 58 TV shows to catch up and it's like oh boy I don't I don't know but um so I I don't watch I stopped watching Summer House and Winter House I think the season after Hannah left cuz I was like oh the villain's gone so now now what and then I don't know but I'm thinking I might start back I feel like I watched enough of it through social media honestly that's that's kind of one of the perks of having so many podcasts or friends and like I just look at y'all's pages and I'm like oh, okay so that's what's going on on that show okay everyone hates Lindsay apparently all right <laughs> I know they keep changing the villain it's no longer Hannah obviously but right <laughs> you know it's at one point it was they tried to make Luke the villain then Austin mm-hmm. and it just keeps rotating so it actually makes right. it more interesting because there is discord among multiple people I do. I I kind of love that though, because I'm. That's my favorite kind of housewife. I hate the seasons of. Oh gosh, I hate to bring them up while they're you know currently sleeping, because I want them to you know sleep. <laughs> I love it. Beverly you call Hills them sleeping when they're not <laughs> when they're when they're not on my TV. I'm just they're just sleeping, or as Teresa says, they've gone off to college for a little while. You know, they're not in front of me, so you know they're they're that child right now. But I Beverly Hills. The reason it gets so you know, like, oh, for me so much is because it's one person from, like, episode one, and it just, like, hound them into the end of the season. It's like, come on, let's let's get something else in the mix. Like, let's just get a couple more, like, you versus you or you versus you or whatever. Like, I'm a big fan of, you know, people sometimes enjoy franchises or seasons that I don't because I love seasons that lean more so towards, like, the comedy and the petty drama and i'm like i like the light stuff that's when i like to come to reality tv and not like have to worry about oh god i love this person but they defraud you know half of the generation (laughs) that um, you know that i (laughs) that helped raise me so it's all so hard it's just like oh boy i don't you know oh gosh who knows who knows well i'm enjoying it though okay I'm wondering, do we want to start with what's lightest and then go to what's darkest? Okay. 
I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> like ease into the like yeah. deep darkness of what's happening in some of these franchises. And for some reason, I think Miami right now is the lightest, despite what's crazy. going on with Lisa Huxton. <laughs> right. That's crazy. But I actually think you're correct. So yes, let's start with Miami. So I've only watched the first two episodes. So Let's not spoil anything yet. Yes, yes, <laughs> I'm yes. sure everyone else has already watched all four that have been out or five by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on the Lisa versus Larsa of it all? I mean, this is like such an intense fight between two <laughs> people who seem to actually care about each other. Right. And it's the reason I kind of love this so much because it is so petty. It's, it's the pettiest thing in the world that you're arguing about. Someone said that, what Larsa lives where, what does she say, drug dealers and other people <laughs> live in. And it's like, okay, if you if you know those people don't live there, you shouldn't be that upset. Be like, let's just let that go. But of course, it's housewives. We can't just let stuff go like that. There would be no show if they did that. So I love that Larsa kind of, you know, harps on to it. And Larsa does not, well, I was about to say she doesn't play fair, but I guess it is kind of playing fair if she didn't technically start it. So she's the kind of person that's like, oh, well, you said this. So, you know, I heard rumors that your mom embezzles money. And it's like, okay, whoa, like, no, you didn't hear that about me and my mom. Like, let's calm down. So she always comes guns blazing when she hears someone talk about her. A disproportionate response. Very disproportionate. What (laughs) I'm thinking is, so last season, Adriana was asking her about her relationship with the Kardashians and Kanye West and said that one time she went into a bathroom and Kanye West was peeing and she saw his penis. (laughs) Yes, yes. And that like pissed off Larsa so much. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, would she defend Kanye West today? Ooh. Is he such a good friend of her family? Oh, that is a good question. You know what? I'd bring now, that up. I and say, I don't care what the hell question. she would say back to me. I'm not I want that brought a up fan of Larsa. I do not. I She's so fake. I, she, they... Larsa is such a like a riddle for me because she sometimes I'm just like God, what are you doing? But then other times I'm like, okay, that was kind of funny. You know, she's one of those people oh, I'm totally. like hesitant to laugh. Very at entertaining, great <laughs> Very. to be on my television. But I don't actually like like her, and I right. really like some of the other castmates, like Julia. Oh. Mm-hmm. I can't get enough of Julia. She's someone I would want to be friends with. We can yes. go milk goats together an hour away in Broward <laughs> County. <laughs> oh my god! I when I tell you I am obsessed with Gertie. I love Gertie so much. I don't know why. Something about Gertie, and I I feel like I'm the kind of person you could talk me into watching like a Gertie spinoff, where it's just like these high end celebrity clients or rich people come to her to design events, and she does like those big. I love those kind of shows. Like, give me that, and I would definitely watch that. Like end of the season three episodes spin off and then maybe going to a whole nother thing. I would, I would love that. Give me a whole Alexia, uh, like mini series about her life and what that be like. I love so many of these people I love on the show. Like it, it's such a good cast and Kiki is really stepping it up this season. And I, I love she that. She is. She's yes. so cute too. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my gosh. Her outfits and her energy and yes, Oh, it's such a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in terms of the Lisa Hochstein of it all, we're starting to see her really unravel. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's also having a disproportionate reaction to things Larsa is saying. She can't let it go. They're at Alexia's wedding party. She never got to have a party for her wedding. And she Mm -hmm. can't, like, calm herself down. She's right. like spun up and just <laughs> mm-hmm. no one or nothing. So like Gertie's trying to get her just like at least away from everyone. So people mm-hmm. aren't watching it. But man, it is wild to see someone that is so like revved up and nothing can calm them down. Boy, it is. It, it's, it's so uncomfortable to watch. I know you and some of the people listening probably haven't gotten too deep into the season yet. So it gets so uncomfortable going down like all of this just witnessing because it's one thing if we see like a lot of the cracks and stuff forming like as the season goes on but a lot of this seems to just kind of spout out of nowhere and it's like what is like what what did we miss to where this is the end result of all this and it's that's one thing where you're you know as a watcher you're kind of almost unsettled in a way because it's like I, I feel like I've been duped somehow where I don't know where this has come from and it feels like a big piece of the equation is missing but then as you go along and you see how he speaks to her and you see you know that some of the conversation other people are having and you see uh he's getting in shape and Mm -hmm. you know he's let me tell you something people that have a new body that they love but they're not having sex with you that is a red flag because the mm-hmm. first thing you want to do is show off your yeah. new body <laughs> to somebody. And so it's like, okay, if you're not showing it off to me, what's happening? Like, I I don't know about this. So I, Lisa and uh, I'm just, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I, I feel like she's really tugging at my heartstrings this season. I'm really kind of just rooting I for her at all angles. for her since season two. Because she was constantly yeah. trying to perform the duty of wife that she thought Lenny wanted, but whatever mm-hmm. she was doing was never good enough for him from the no. beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Like whether she couldn't get pregnant right away or she didn't cook or whatever. And then you see her trying to cook borscht and she did it like, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it was not with love. <laughs> I make borscht with love, okay? You have to, like, you have to take the time. It's a long, slow process. Like, it takes me at least two hours at minimum to make a good Mm -hmm. pot of borscht. And so when she's there with her kid, like, you know, putting some, like, pre-chopped carrots in, I was like, oh, no. No, 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 girl. And it looked like... And then when she was trying to have top like a conversation with the whole family and then the mm-hmm. son was like, she's like, you told me you wanted to go to a Jewish school. Why do you want to do that? And it's she's trying to force everyone to act a certain way so mm-hmm. that she can have a certain story. But kids don't do what you want them to. And her no. husband clearly isn't doing what she wants him to. But what my question is, and I don't know if it's answered throughout the season, is what's the deal with her family? Because she said she's not close to her family. Yeah. Why? What is the backstory there? And I don't think we get those answers, at least in the episodes that we've gotten so far. So I'm very I'm very curious about that, too. I don't know if it's going to be delved into, but 
my assumption, well, not I can't even assume anything. My hope would be that at some point when her family sees all of this playing out, that can be a bridge to like mend some of these relationships. Because if I don't know, I, I can imagine like my family seeing me go through something like this public because we literally saw all this play out on social media and Mm -hmm. you know in the press and stuff before the season even came on so i would hope at least if maybe someone if not a sister maybe a cousin you know your cousins (laughs) always like you so (laughs) maybe a cousin reach out or somebody right hey girl right hey girl i'm thinking about you you okay like just throw her a bone like man I know, but what I remember from season two is that she's originally from Canada and that Mm -hmm. she's multiracial. Like, she's got some Jamaican there and Mm -hmm. some other stuff. Um, I wonder if her family is like, you think that you're better than us because you married this wealthy man and now you live on Star Island Mm. and you spend it. Like, I don't know how I would be able to handle having a relative that spends that much money right like Mm -hmm. that wasn't a philanthropist that just spends it on clothes and cars and it's just it's a lot and i could imagine like it must especially like if you're watching that and you're not in that position exactly anywhere close and then like even taking a step further if you're struggling somehow in some aspect like financially I could imagine like all of that just pushes your it pushes every button imaginable for you. So I I can assume that, you know, a, a, well, a lot of people kind of tout the same story of, oh, we got money and then people started begging for it. So mm-hmm. we had to cut them off. I wonder if it's that kind of situation, but to the point where maybe they asked for some help or something and they, you know, Lenny was the one that kind of flat out denied it. And then they maybe took a step back and be like, OK, well, I don't want to be begging you for your money and all this kind of stuff so i'm what money always seems to be the issue of like strained familial relationships yep Mm, it's real dark it's tough it's really tough yeah i also wonder if maybe there is something with her growing up where she didn't have enough whether it was Mm -hmm. food or um clothes or, or or safety and security because she is literally constantly yearning for more things and Mm -hmm. it it, i don't know it's it's such an like she has a lust for money that i feel like they're all wealthy but she has a like unique like desperation for it that i don't Mm -hmm. feel from the other women even larsa you know right and it's it's gotta it's gotta stem somewhere like with her family prior to Lenny too, because you know we've all look, we've all seen those situations where when you get it, you hold on to it as much as possible, and then some people kind of become paranoid in the sense that others are out to get you in a way like, oh no, she has that. We I've been with her ride or die for so long that belongs to me too, and those kind of situations. So I'm I don't even know if it's her family that's necessarily ask for something it might just be lisa's own kind of level of i might need to take a step back from them because i know what they want so it's so weird. I, I wish we had more clarity on this situation because all to. we can do like, is speculate it i yeah. want to know like hearing 
you know, on the OC about Emily's family and her kind mm-hmm. of somewhat of estrangement from her mom or her dad or like mm-hmm. whatever it is. You know, it, it helps explain why she's so close to Shane's family. Yeah. So I don't know. Hope we, mm-hmm. we hear more about that. Same. Anything else from Miami that kind of sticks out to you? Uh, I'm just, I'm really enjoying them. I think as you, oh, I'm sure you've said it a million times, so, but you know, there's a an infamous kind of hot mic moment in Yeah, I don't really think episode. it's hot mic. He knew he was mic'd. Uh, yeah, he definitely, because the whole, you're not going to convince me that you're a doctor and you think that you can say, that's why I'm whispering when you're mic'd up by a camera crew for Peacock or Bravo or whatever, and you don't think it's getting picked up on. Really? If Who so, we need to. Who is he talking to? It was it's a guy named Vito. I don't know if it's a friend or a cousin or somebody, but it's it's nobody that like we're used to like seeing around. Someone Got that it. came to this party at their house and was kind of you know his friend. But what's creepier is that his son is right there while they're having this conversation, mm-hmm. and that's kind of y- the yuckiest part about all of it. As if him saying all of that isn't yucky enough. Blah. Ugh. Okay. Worst guy. And the social media of it all with him doesn't doesn't do anybody any favors just just gross altogether. Ugh. just don't bring it to social media if you're going through it don't right. bring it like for your own kids just don't right. do that like think of them before you think of how much you dislike your former spouse and lisa mm-hmm. like i don't know it also is such a lesson and why it's so important for people in a relationship to have their own friends and their own money and granted, mm-hmm. I like once you're married, it's communal money. But if you have no way to earn an income, I mean, and granted, she earns an income from being on the show, but mm-hmm. not one that can support the lifestyle that she has. She became too reliant on him for like his yeah. money, for his family, for everything. And that put her in a really vulnerable position. And, you know, wishing her well. That, we, I think we'll see her, her well. rise. Yes, we're we're rooting for. I, I'm anxious to see like this divorce play out in court because I'm 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 hoping she gets to like take him to the cleaners. <laughs> I know they have. A, I think they have a, a prenup in place though, and that makes me a little nervous because I'm sure he took all types of precautions. Otherwise, he wouldn't be nearly as sloppy as he is. So I'm 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 a little anxious to see like how that all plays out and what we learn about their prenup as this goes along because. Boy, I, someone doing all of this on camera and on social media, it's just, it is wild to me. So I, mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. Wait and see. And who knows what protections Florida has, you know? Florida is is a place. <laughs> <laughs> Florida is a place. <laughs> it is a place. Um, oh, well, Potomac is a place, too, despite yes. no one actually spending time there while filming. <laughs> I don't think we've had a single scene filmed in Potomac besides no. Karen's house or Mia's rental that she spent $65,000 in upgrades on. Who upgrades their rental? Why would you get a new bathroom Mia. in a rental? <laughs> Only Can we Mia. talk about Mia? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. So she's opening a chiropractic shop and she it's a franchise. And so her and Gordon own a number of franchises. Some of them they get royalties from, some of them they get salary from. But when the producer asks her, so just you two own it, she's like, no, we bring in 
friends and family and business associates. And I was like, right there, mm-hmm. you're telling me that your business is a little bit like intertwined with friends and family. And then later when she has this post on Instagram about how her family has stolen and they've locked us out of the business account, you can't get locked out of an account that you are the sole owner of, right? Yep. So what the hell is she doing? And she couldn't even describe what deal fell through. She like laughed it off and it's like, honey. It, it it's definitely a case of you know you see the people all the time like in the uh like the Hallmark movies or something like that where they just like someone brings in you know someone's on the phone and then like the assistant brings in something for them to sign or just like oh and they sign it you know without even looking at it and go Mia feels like that to me she feels like the character that wants to really like let everyone know that she's the boss she's this mm-hmm. she's that but it's like. You know, normal boss, like, I've never heard Candy talk about her salary before. And Mia last season, like, exactly. flat out just told everyone, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm sorry, but I get 400000 from this. And I'm like, oh, wow. So, yeah, we, Mia needs everyone to know that she's a boss, which tells us, I think, everything we need to know about her status with those businesses, <laughs> unfortunately. Sorry, Mia. What do you think the deal is with her and Jacqueline? What did you think of the revelation that a former boyfriend of hers, she had sleep with Jacqueline? They, I, so I still haven't <laughs> been get past the whole like, yeah, we just, we shower together, you know, regularly that whole thing in Miami. I was like, okay, well that's, you know, I, I don't know if I, if it's, I, it's not something we see all the time with right. friends. Like that's a that's definitely a, a new level of friendom because I like my own showers, I like my own temperatures, and <laughs> I don't necessarily want to be sharing it with anybody. And now learning this, I'm like, okay, this is a level of friendship that I don't have with anyone, <laughs> and I don't know if I need to explore that or if I'm all content with the friendships that I currently have because I don't, I genuinely don't know what to think of them. I have no idea. The showering together thing made me laugh. It reminded me of, <laughs> so I have this um, friend, but she was a coworker before. She, I mean, we were friends and coworkers and mm-hmm. we traveled together and we were in South Africa and we got this one hotel the night before we flew out. Um, and so mm-hmm. it was kind of sort of closer to the airport and it was this very boutique hotel and they thought we were a couple. And so mm-hmm. they put like... <laughs> Oh, they put flower petals and like chocolates on the bed and wrote like to Mandy and Angela, like and I was like, well, this is very progressive that they think we're together. But the shower was like all glass and right near the bedroom, like right near the bed. So like you could be and also same with like the toilet, like there was no privacy for showering or shitting. And (laughs) at one point, she's like, so um, I'm going to shave my legs. I was like, I'll go out by the pool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It was the like you obviously become closer friends with someone during something like that. But imagine if she was like just a coworker and we didn't have an existing like deeper friendship I would have been like what do you do it's just I don't think most people in friendships 
hang out naked together. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's like no shade if that's what you're into. Mm. But I don't know. Well, maybe Jacqueline and Mia are status quo now. I don't know. <laughs> I, that's funny, though, because on one hand, like you almost applaud the hotel. Like, wow, that's really forward thinking and not like you know right. you're not discriminating or anything but then that's also like okay like don't assume anything <laughs> so also, like you don't know which way to go with that <laughs> even if we were together i would still want the bathroom to be private right like that's what i don't get <laughs> that is like see that's the problem with like some of these hotels like i i don't know if you know i'm like in the hospitality industry but like yeah. on the corporate side of stuff some of these hotels like try to be like so like big screen movie about stuff to the point where it's like okay i literally just want a door right here and i want a curtain and i don't want like all of this like i'm okay with not having the whole sex in the city montage like that y'all are trying to give me i just need somewhere to lay my head and somewhere to wash my ass in the morning and i'll be okay like this is way too much (laughs) and it's like you can't even like what if like me and my aunt got like caught at the airport and we like needed a hotel room like that is way too sexy of a situation (laughs) for you to be putting me in (laughs) jeez (laughs) oh i have no idea how that all happened but we (laughs) we look back and laugh um (laughs) um okay then there's ashley And she's finally opening up about how worried she is about the divorce and being on her own Mm -hmm. with the kids. And this felt really real to me. What do you think? So this whole time I've been kind of waiting for this moment to come because I was like, you can't possibly think that Michael Darby isn't going to, you know, show his card at some point and show how nasty he can possibly get in this divorce. Because at the end of the day, I think that Michael is definitely going to try to play hardball when it comes to this prenup. He's not going to just, like, honor it. He's going to do everything he can to, you know, go around and loophole. Even though they have two children together, he's like, no, I'm going to do this and that. This is what you need. You don't need that much and all of that. You're on this hit show on Bravo. You make this much. You don't need this much from me. Like, I think it's going to get very kind of contentious. And so I wonder if some of these fights are just more than, you know, she's not telling us much because I think she realized early that, wow, maybe I shouldn't have said that we're getting this house together Mm because I think people are already looking at us kind of strange for that. But then, like, when you have that kind of decision, like, looming over you with the group, you can't really tell them about other arguments that you're having because then it's like, okay, that's why y'all shouldn't be getting a house together. Just get your own place and figure that out later on. And then, you know, especially with this group, you can't say much in front of this group and expect it not to come back and bite you in the ass at some point. So you, it's really, I I feel bad for Ashley, but I'm, I think it'll all work. I mean, she, she gets to sleep with Luke. So that's plus for her. I guess a plus for her. And I'm wondering if that's pissing off Michael too. I mean, Mm -hmm. they can't even start the divorce process until a year after they separated, which I believe was in like late March, early April. Right. So we've still got time left. And Mm -hmm. when he, when she was describing how she was going to bring both the boys over, um, to visit Uncle mm-hmm. Lump and his wife. Why don't we know Uncle Lump's wife's name? Do you? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if they ever said that. I don't know. 
<laughs> that is weird. Um, so she said she's going to bring both the boys over there, but then Michael wanted to keep Dean with him. And I felt like that was more of a power move than yeah. it was that he really wanted to spend time with Dean because, mm-hmm. I mean, we've watched him interact with those kids. He doesn't act like he interacts with them often. Right. <laughs> like, he did that, that is no. That he 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 usually gives like babysitter vibes when he's <laughs> right? like teenage babysitter vibes, as a matter of fact. Kind of like, okay, you guys go in there and do whatever you're doing. I'm gonna like stay over here and text some girls because that's exactly what I don't know who Michael's texting, but text somebody and you know, figure out my plans later for when your mom comes and gets you. Yeah. He does not <laughs> seem very hands-on to me. Never has. Oh, my gosh. And then we get to, obviously, Candace and Robin. And Robin is your girl. She's been on your podcast. I mean, before we get into this, like, what were your vibes that you got when you were chatting with her on the podcast? Oh, my God. So we... I. You know, I love me some green eyed bandits. I just I love the mess (laughs) that they keep up. Like, I'm just a fan of it all. And so uh, we we've had like a, a really like nice relationship in the dms for like a while and like she ended up inviting me on reasonably shady last year and so i was just like i remember like as the time was approaching for like that one year anniversary i was like i'm gonna reach out and just see if she'll come on mine too and she was like yeah just like she's like just wait till after bravo con and then i'll absolutely come on and so during the entire time she was so like nice she let me ask literally anything i wanted and we talked about like in depth about the show and all of that so robin is a-okay with me and do you okay have with me. That rapport with Robin and Giselle, or mainly Robin? Mainly Robin. Giselle really like doesn't. You can tell, like, I think you can tell probably like by social media too. Giselle kind of clocks in and then clocks out. It's not really, she doesn't take a lot personally and like, you know, that kind of stuff of it. And she doesn't she doesn't really do a lot of the uh, the DMing and like all that stuff on social media. Robin is really like kind of the the person I talk to at least more. Just I, I still love Giselle. You know, I, I love I listen to Reasonably Shady. I love the podcast, and you know, Potomac's one of my favorite franchises. So she, uh, I don't think she does too much on social media. I think she like fulfills her contractual obligations and then kind of, you know, goes on about her business. So I don't think many, I would, I would be shocked if like many people had, you know, any kind of rapport with her online. Well, while we're talking about the topic of reasonably shady, they mm-hmm. have their live show that they're prepping for. And at the same time, Karen is talking about doing some sort of variety <laughs> show. I mean, <laughs> also this Matt character he is the guy that is always with the housewives when they are in D.C. It doesn't matter which housewife mm-hmm. he is there. And I have no idea what his job is that he would get to do that. Like, I no saw idea. Margaret Josephs in a hotel bar, and he mm-hmm. was right there. And then <laughs> I was like, okay. And then I went to see Sonia's variety show, which was mm-hmm. hella entertaining. And he was <laughs> Sonia's like holding her purse. And and he's what? so full of it. So I saw him and I like <laughs> recognized him and I was like, oh, Matt. But I didn't mean to say that out loud. Mm-hmm. You know, like I meant to whisper it to the person next to me like, that's Matt, the guy who was like in the, you know, hotel like room. Blue when, eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the guy who was with Karen when she had the press 
conference yes. of the press. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is like still one of my favorite scenes of all time. Yeah. And so I said, so oh, oh, like, oh, Matt or something. And he was like, hi, girl. You look fantastic or something like that. You're like, you're looking like as if like he knew me and like you're looking great. And it's like you oh. literally don't know me and you're making up because you think that I that we've met. Because right. I accidentally was like, oh, Matt. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my God, he's so full of shit, you know? Granted, yes. I've done that, too. Like, when people know who I am and I can't remember who they are, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, yeah, you. I'm, I'm good with the point. I'm like, hey, you. Oh, my God. But like, yeah, I get it. Who the fuck is Matt? A no idea. <laughs> he's like always he's just always there because I, I wanted the same thing like i've seen pictures on social media like these different like uh events and stuff that's going on and he's always there i'm like what is happening and now that i think about it you're right it's always dc yeah it's i think he lives here and i but the thing is that the franchise it's like any franchise any housewife mm-hmm. for any franchise doing anything in dc and he's like right behind them that's crazy. So, like, I, I, I have to admit, he can't work for Bravo because I, I feel like they would be icky about letting him on the show in that capacity. So, I wonder if it's like a PR company somewhere. Like, maybe we should ask Anthony Lario. I see. I didn't want to drop his name, but I was literally oh, thinking. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I wonder if Anthony. No. <laughs> yes. Okay. I Everyone wonder if the Anthony, king of the Anthony. He's got his own king PR of the blooming onion. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, for those of you who uh, don't know, uh, we met Anthony in person for the first time at Mommy's mm-hmm. wedding, and the wedding hotel was across the street from an Outback Steakhouse, and I said I'd never been to an Outback Steakhouse because <laughs> I grew up keeping kosher, and I just I haven't been to a lot of the like chain restaurants mm-hmm. because we they didn't have a lot of options for like vegetarian food, which is what we ate you know, eating out. So um, he's like, oh, my God, we're going immediately after the wedding and we're getting you a Bloomin' Onion. And he ordered four Bloomin' Onions for eight people. And that, that was literally just one of the appetizers. It was like wings and Coconut shrimp, shrimp and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and oh we had God. literally had two full meals at Monty's wedding. Yeah. Too. <laughs> Dessert and everything. Like There was no reason for us to be hungry, but we were literally all like, okay. And we literally went and sat down and drank and ate some more. So good old times. Oh Anthony has to know about this. Anthony he has to know. We're going to figure everything. out who Matt is. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> Back to Robin and Candace. Mm-hmm. So I love their friendship. This is exactly what I'm looking for in Housewife, these sort of mm-hmm. unlikely alliances. And while Candace may not be able to stand Giselle, she loves Robin. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she's not going to hate on Robin for being friends with Giselle. Like, they can have their own relationship. You know who this reminds me of, too? I mm-hmm. always got to, like, kind of shout them out when I can but it reminds me of uh on family karma that's the way I feel about Anisha like she had this whole moment recently with Brian where she was like look you know I don't like Monica but what you did by tipping off Rishi that was foul like you Mm -hmm. shouldn't have done that and so she's that kind of person that can call people out even though she doesn't like someone she can still tell you like no you were dead wrong in that situation I don't care if we're friends or not you were wrong. You need to go and fix that. And that's what that relationship reminds me of. And I'm so glad, finally, that we got a scene on a Housewives show where people actually come together 
and like resolve conflict in a normal way. It's so good and like what? refreshing to see because like it didn't stretch out over nine episodes. Like literally they fought last episode. They got together. They cried together. They hugged everything. They're back good. I love that. Me too. Mm. It's nice being reminded what like sort of the realm of normalcy is for conflict resolution. <laughs> right. <laughs> we see it so few, like so, so little that it's just nice to see sometimes. I have a question for you. So okay. I've <laughs> been doing the rounds at some holiday parties and including work-related ones. And I mm-hmm. always end up talking housewives with people. Like you'll never nice. believe. I met this former Bush appointee who was like the um, head of, uh, trafficking, like trying to end trafficking at the Ooh. State Department. And he's like a huge Bravo fan, mainly below deck, but he watches Housewives. He Vanderpump Don't rules, you love that? <laughs> right? Like this like old white man, right? So we're like chit-chatting. <laughs> and someone else was like, well, this is all scripted, right? And I said, no, I just think they look for people with personality disorders and throw them in a room together. (laughs) This is what happens. Like, do you think that the way that we're watching many of these women act, that they would be the same when they're not on camera or different? Oh, I honestly, I think it depends on the housewife sometimes. I think that sometimes it really just some personalities just literally just work for the camera. And I think sometimes we as viewers, we can tell when someone like is purposely kind of showing up a little extra when Mm -hmm. the cameras are around. And so like someone like just I think that's Giselle. Mm-hmm. literally all day long in every relationship i think she's i think she's messy and i think she knows she's messy and i think she loves being messy and i think she loves cracking the jokes and like doing all i think she's that person like on and off camera and i also think that she's one of those people that knows how to clock in and clock out of work so the stuff that happens while they're on camera she's like give me more like just do all of this i don't care what you call me i don't care what you do let's do all of this and then i'm gonna go home to my daughters and i'm not gonna think about this anymore until we film again she's that kind of person but then i think you have the some people who literally carry this around with them all the time and that's when we see it manifesting over on like the twitter rants and the social media rants and the the constantly reposting stuff and and calling people out and doing this kind of stuff i think the different personality types kind of are you see it a lot more now that we're living in the age of social media because you can really see who acts out and in what way they do it and i think most of it is manifesting in these like kind of social media tantrums that a lot of housewives like are known to have nowadays, which is weird that we're getting so accustomed to them in a way. We're all, it's almost like we expect it's, I, there are certain episodes of housewives when they go off. I'm literally like, well, let me check Twitter. Let me see who's cursed who out. Let me just, you know, kind of see who called who this and who called who that. And sure enough, they're all right there lined up. You can almost count on it. Like you can set your watch to it in a way. You can just like, yep, I know you very well from this show. I know how you take things. I know this is going to be on social media literally until midnight until you're finally done get it out your system and then start right back at eight o'clock when i wake up for work yeah it's but like (laughs) they're all kind of the same way like they're they may Mm -hmm. act out differently on camera versus not on camera but like they have it in them to behave this way it's not acting from from my perspective oh me yeah 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 
like you see these people in real life ever, they are just as bad shit as they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Sonia Morgan <laughs> was the absolute exact same human being that we have seen for all those seasons on New York. Mm-hmm. Like to the T. Like there you couldn't script yep. it and Margaret Josephs who like <laughs> you know. I think and you know what? That's so true because I think we as viewers can always tell when you know it sounds it sounds like a bad thing sometimes when we're like why are you on this show and it's not like a bad thing like you're a terrible person i hate you it's some most of the time it's like you seem so rational and normal and like you have an amazing family like no literally why are you on this show why are you doing this and so i that that makes sense to me that i don't think any of them are uh you know i think they're all the same way and i think we are now more hypersensitive to the ones that almost don't, you know, don't fit into that mold anymore. The ones right? that are almost like normal, like, like Crystal us. On Beverly yeah, that's Hills. immediately who I think about. Because mm-hmm. some I look and I that's the thing, like I love Crystal, but then I'm sometimes I'm like, man, why are you on this? You have like such an amazing life, beautiful kids, great husband that loves you, supports you. You're so rational, normal, and down to earth. And, and, and sometimes you just want them off the show. So like that that doesn't change because you know we've seen a lot of situations where people stay on too long and then that mm-hmm. whole home life becomes a whole other thing. So it, it, that's what it is. I, I immediately thought of Crystal too, but we love you, Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we get to see Candace celebrating getting her MBA in the backyard mm-hmm. party. It's so fun to see her with the people that are her like actual friends as opposed to just the people she's paid to be with because she's so much calmer. Mm -hmm. She's so much more at ease. Something about some of these women just give her so much angst. Yes. You know? Every every time I feel like Candace always, that's kind of funny because I think that, but I feel like I'm always like, you know, reading too much into it. But I always feel like she kind of comes you know, a little guarded. But I mean, she's since she's been on this show, she's been arguing with, you know, everyone. So I get it. I would be probably be coming in like, okay, who do I have to argue with today? Like, what do we, let's let's get this over with. This isn't going to be a pleasant experience. You know, I'm here for the check. But I, I, I want, I like seeing this kind of situation, her and her natural habitat, her and her family and the kid, like her seeing her dance with the kids and all of that. It's like, wow you do get to have fun sometimes, not just what we see of, you know, you being, you know, everyone taking turns torturing each other on this show. So, you know, I live in D.C., right? But mm-hmm. I actually live really close to Howard University. And mm-hmm. a lot of my friends and people I know have, you know, met Candace some a long time ago, and they have mm-hmm. some choice words. But the ones who've met her more recently <laughs> say that she really is very grateful for the fans and kind and Mm -hmm. you know she's like karen she says hello (laughs) (laughs) that's great i I love hearing that like housewives i love are actually nice in person so that makes me happy i'm glad that people have good well good experience with her now that makes me happy i'm assuming though i i can imagine a lot of people have changed like over the years because Boy, I bet not just like even as, you know, personal growth, but like I can imagine being on uh, a TV show and having a deal with social media can be very humbling 
for mm-hmm. a lot of people. <laughs> not not that this is like necessarily Candace's case, but I can just imagine some people like thinking they're like the best ish walking, and then you know it coming through on camera like that, and then people like getting on social media to remind them that no, you should not act that way. To put it very politely, because they're not they're never that polite. So, <laughs> well, speaking of people who pay a lot of attention to how people receive them on social media. Thoughts on Wendy this season? Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. I, you know, I, I've been on a. I feel like I've been on a roller coaster with Wendy since she joined. I really, really liked her her first season. Her second season, kind of weird to me. This season, a little weird to me too. I'm always kind of up and down. With Wendy, I, I feel like she's one of the ones that's like an episode by episode basis. Like now, I you know she's not doing anything that you know is angering me, or she she never does anything that angers me though. Really, it's just like sometimes I'm just like okay, a little too far, a little too. Let's just like you know stop. But uh, you know I'm I'm okay with Wendy right now. We're we're me and her are in a good place, even though she doesn't okay. know me. So, <laughs> we're, we're in a good place. <laughs> She's We're just good. someone who I think sold us something that wasn't real mm-hmm. about who she is as a person. And so I think we're all just trying to grapple with whether or not we like who she is now or whether yeah. or not we're going to constantly compare to who she said she was. I think the hard part is that mm-hmm. she's not acknowledging there's a disparity, right? That's right. what's for me. It's like you came on being like, oh, my gosh, I'm a professor. And she still is like, I'm a professor at the Johns Hopkins University. But then she's not wanting to do that anymore right so like why are you making it seem like it's the whole the huge part of your personality if it's not Mm -hmm. what you really want can't you just be more honest about you don't know what you want right that's pretty relatable you know because we're we're literally like seeing her i don't know if we're seeing her figure out what she wants or what's happening but i feel the same way i feel like for so long i think that's why i loved her her first season because she was like unapologetically like the professor and she had the four degrees and so I'm going to tell you I got four degrees and my dad came here and he named me Wendy's because he made manager at Wendy's like all I was like I loved every single thing of that and then we come back and it's like I'm slowly well not even slowly because between season five and six it was a huge jump and like that's kind of what we're dealing with now and then it becomes kind of a when people notice that whether it's fans or uh other cast members then it kind of like we're the bad guy in a way because it's no i can be multifaceted i can be this i can be then it's like you absolutely can it's just totally you weren't telling us you were that when you came on so like we didn't we don't know this whole you know this whole side of you we've only seen another piece so people wondering like what the big change is about i think that's natural i don't think there's anything wrong with that i think it's just kind of inquisitive minds want to know but she's almost like, mm. how dare you question like, who right. I am? And it's like, but you, you were showing us something very different. You know, we only mm-hmm. know what we see on TV. We don't get to see the other parts of you that aren't filmed. So, right. you know, maybe you do have these parts. But I actually think she's just a lot more unsure of, like, mm-hmm. what she wants. And so, but but she has to project such, I don't know. You know what? The season six reunion made me feel that she really kind of wanted to 
be a memorable reality TV personality. And it was when she kind of came with the the whole, you know, cardboard Kinko's printout. What they say? You put the Kinko's? You, you know, that whole moment. <laughs> yeah. And so it made me think like, oh, would, is that something that, because I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, is that something that Wendy would do? Or is Wendy trying to like kind of solidify why she's sitting next to Andy at this reunion? Like it kind of feels, you know, I as a, a viewer can't put my finger on her sometimes when i'm like i feel like i've just figured you out then it's an entirely different person it's like okay well i'll just see what this episode gives me and so i like that you know i I like in this past episode her and robin which you know i'm sure won't last but i like they were able to put their differences aside i like when because i do i you know like them when they're getting along but who knows because my whole thing with her this season i think has been some of the same, like the group scenes, like not the group, not big group, but the like smaller group scenes. Like there was one with I think her, Karen, and Ashley, and I was like, "Is are y'all friends?" Like, and then her and Ashley like rolled together to that winery for the the whole sit down. I was like, I I genuinely had to think back. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen you two just you two in a scene together, and I was like that's weird. So it makes me feel like it, she's kind of like this is so dramatic to say, but kind of like fighting for her life on this show (laughs) and kind of like, (laughs) like attaching herself to anybody that's willing to like be friends with her. And it kind of makes me sad. Like, Oh, also, and this is going to sound judgmental, but (laughs) I love judgy, (laughs) whether or not it's the way it should be the way Mm -hmm. that it is, is that if you want to be taken seriously in certain professions, you cannot be on reality TV. Like, yeah. you have to pick a lane. There's certain people that are able to manage it, like Dr. Nicole Martin, who is an anesthesiologist and mm-hmm. is on The Real Housewives of Miami. But she, yeah, she's not bringing so much of her work stuff into um, into the show. And, you know, it almost reminds me of when Dr. Contessa on married to medicine (laughs) said that she wanted to be surgeon general one day and it's like oh honey you can't be you've been on this show (laughs) like it's just not even an option anymore so in people being like we can have it all like you can't have it all especially (laughs) when you're on reality tv it's just it's not that it's not respected it's it's more than that it's like there is so much crap on you that people mm-hmm. can use as to why you're not a good fit for that position. So it's with Wendy, I'm just trying to figure out like pick a lane. Like, are you this serious professor or are you this intense, like the like reality TV personality? And I wish we could have both. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe on season five we could, but the right. more I'm watching her trying to juggle it, I'm like, I don't know. You don't know who you are, and we'll see how long you last at Johns Hopkins. Oh, boy. I literally, you know what? I think one of the issues, too, is that she's on a cast of people that aren't, you know, doctors or, like, whatever the case is. She's on a reality show, and so, like, her profession barely gets shown on here, too. And whereas, like, Married to Medicine, I think a lot of people like will request like a Dr. Simone or Dr. Jackie because they literally get to see them with their patients like 
every other scene and like they love them as doctors and they see all these doctors and the doctor husbands and everyone going out of town to do medical to do covid testing and all this kind of stuff whereas her it's almost like that's one of the you know the pitfalls of reality tv is that you know you want to highlight your business and you want to highlight your accolades and all this kind of stuff but if it's just you and like not on that kind of environment where we're like purposely highlighting all this stuff you know the producers are just kind of like okay what this season like what do you got for me like what's next i i don't care about that we we told them you're a professor we told them that last season you know we told them that you got four degrees we did that last season like what are you doing now and so now it's just kind of like okay is candles the lane you're going in because that's a big difference from the one you gave us last season mm-hmm. i think when you make those big dramatic jumps that's when it comes a little confusing to viewers should it be that way no you should be able to do it all but i think just in reality it gets confusing i think the exception is when people are established in the careers before they do reality tv yeah dr simone and dr jackie were well established obgyns prior Mm -hmm. to doing the show and the show only highlighted how respected they are right Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, Wendy's been professor for some time, but I don't know how like strong she was in her role of professor when, because she like is was so quick to want to drop it. She was telling her mom that she doesn't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how established she was. Like you have to be very, very, very established before yeah. you go on this show and uh, I don't know. Uh, it's hard yeah. to be taken seriously by it the is. people you I'm, want to be taken seriously by. And I think they should. People should be able to showcase all. But it also depends, like, what the behavior is on the show. And if it's always this fighting and screaming and yelling and throwing wine, like, a mm-hmm. lot of places don't want to be associated with that. Because you got to think about it, too. I'm all of us, I think, were confused when that message popped up at the end of the episode, like, Johns Hopkins does not condone, like, this and that. So it's like, did they get tipped off about, like, what was going to happen on this episode? No, I think or? that was Bravo Lawyers. It was, it was oh, NBC okay. Universal Lawyers preventing just because oh. it, the mention of the university, and they don't have, like, clearance to just, like, mention the university. That could be grounds Ooh. for a lawsuit. Yeah. And speaking of, mm. like, what I don't know people's jobs and professional lives in this show I mean going over to Salt Lake City with Mm -hmm. Justin Whitney's husband like how did he not think he was gonna get fired like yeah (laughs) and it's not just Utah I mean you could be in the most progressive place in the world and company in the world and people still would be like yeah but you showed yourself covered in paint simulating (laughs) sex with your wife on national television and we don't really want our brand associated with that like of course and it's like he wasn't even just like like i would almost like get it if uh you know you were line manager somewhere or you were he was like the coo of the company wasn't he yeah so i yeah at that point you're like a, you're Googleable, you're a face of the company. So you're literally, you know, you're not just someone that they give a, you know, a hat and T-shirt with the logo on. And you're you're one of the the people that like, I want to look at the executive committee. I want to look at this. I want to look at the board and your picture pops up. So how he didn't think that there would be backlash about that. 
no idea. And the fact it really kind of baffled me, especially in you Utah. You know what I mean? I feel like it's like in like Mauricio. I'm surprised that he shows himself being high, right? Yeah. But he is very charming and funny when he's high, and mm-hmm. he's based in California, where it's yep. legal. So mm-hmm. you know. But he's someone who basically stays out of a lot of scenes. Any scene he has with Kyle, she's doing the majority of the talking. He is taking a back mm-hmm. seat. And I think he does it on purpose because he has his own career. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I wonder if the Netflix show plays into that too now. I wonder, like this past season, because you could tell, like, he, him and PK, like, really only showed up to give a laugh or two every now and then. But otherwise, they were like, furniture in the background they were not about to like get in it or anything and i wonder if you know them now developing other deals too it's like okay i really need to kind of you know stay out of a lot of this stuff that's going on especially if lisa renner can you know get canceled at a moment's notice i need to <laughs> i need to not be around that brand right now <laughs> oh my gosh oh i know uh, <laughs> no. can't handle her um okay <laughs> Lots of questions about like Salt Lake City, and I know I've kept you a while, but are you willing to stay on? Okay, absolutely. Like, let's let's <laughs> just, get into he it. He lifted his, his hand like he was like taking an oath. <laughs> <laughs> I am here for you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, all right. So I was shocked to see Lisa and Heather team up to confront Jen Shaw about her erratic behavior and how she's so hot and cold to them and how they don't want to be on this like crazy roller coaster ride anymore. Long overdue. Long overdue. Long overdue. Yeah. Boy, I, this this scene was God, this is like this is one of those scenes where you almost like are nervous to talk about it because like my feelings about this scene, oh boy, I'm like man, I I feel like you can't say that out loud sometimes. Oh, but I'll almost, say it out loud. <laughs> I know. I, I also feel like we're all thinking the same thing. <laughs> no, it is the most. This this um factors into what I've always thought about Chen Sha. She's mm-hmm. the single most manipulative person that's ever been on Bravo. Period. Yes. No one else Agreed. is more manipulative than her. And that does mean mm-hmm. that she can be incredibly charismatic and likable. That's part yes. of the manipulation. Now, mm-hmm. when you are trying to confront someone about their own behavior and they pivot to saying that they tried to commit suicide, that is a form of manipulation. Absolutely. When in couples, when someone's trying to break up, with mm-hmm. one person trying to break up with the other, and the other is like, if you break up with me, I'm going to kill myself. Mm-hmm. That also is a form of manipulation. Now, that does not mean that we do not take suicide seriously. Mm-hmm. It is an incredibly, incredibly serious and important topic. Yep. But I feel like Jen Shaw um, dilutes the seriousness of it because of how and when she brings it up. Absolutely. And I think what sealed it in this episode, because we could, you know, we could all go back and forth about that scene with her and Whitney and Lisa about whether or not, you know, that was manipulative there, which we I think we all feel like it was. But when they got to that dinner later on, 
And she gets to like, oh, what are you prying, Whitney? You just have to know what we talked about. Well, let me tell you what we talked about. It's like literally no one was prying. Whitney asked one question, which is basically just, you know, trying to keep the conversation going. And you felt the need to tell her all of that. You felt the need to put that out there so that no one at this table, not just Lisa and Heather, no one can put you in a category of, oh, well, her actions aren't justified. She's gone through a lot. You guys got to remember she's done this and that. She's in the court system. And now she's tried to, you know, commit suicide. So we have to continue to have grace with her while she screams and curses and points her finger like this close to our face every time she's mad and now pushing people out of the way. It's it's way too much. And it's literally the ultimate form of manipulation. I couldn't, I, I'm the conversation with her, Lisa and Heather absolutely needed to happen long overdue, but Jen, I don't know what it's going to take for her to take accountability for any of her, any of the things that comes out of her mouth, any of her actions. I, I don't know. I don't even, I don't even know if getting sent to prison can do it. Honestly. I don't think so either. I think she'll be in prison and still be the exact same manipulative person that she is. And uh-huh. I going back to earlier in the season, when Coach Shaw and her were discussing the Shaw Exposed uh-huh. account, and he's like, well, what what's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back? You're so fragile right now with your mental health. Mm-hmm. I felt like they're basically trying to blame the Harringtons for creating this account as to why she attempted suicide. And I do feel like that is manipulative. I think, yes, you know, this account was in poor taste. It was mm-hmm. dumb. But I've looked into it and there is not one thing said about Shaw or the Shaw family. It nope. was literally just the title. And, you know, this is, I don't know if this is popular, but like if she and her family are truly concerned about her mental health and well-being, then they would take her off the show and they would get her off social media and she mm-hmm. would go somewhere else to get the help that she needs. And I'm not judging exactly. how people who are suffering from severe depression do treatment, right? But... Mm-hmm she is using certain things to be like, well, this is why I did this, or this is going to cause, you know, as if it's someone Mm -hmm. else's fault. And it does remind me of, you know, in relationships where one person is trying to leave and the other says, if you leave, I'll hurt myself and it will Mm -hmm. be your fault. That it's just a form of manipulation. And it's, it's horrible. It's a horrible thing to do to someone else. It doesn't mm-hmm. discount how serious self-harm is. It's, God, Jen Shaw, I, I don't, there's almost at this point not much you can say about Jen Shaw anymore. It's like, we literally every single week were like, God, she's terrible. God, she's done this. She's done that. To the point where now it almost feels like she feels like she needs to up the ante with her horribleness every single week. And this literally... It's not only manipulative, but it's it's so. God, what's the word? It, it's. It, I feel bad that Lisa and Heather basically now have to agree to this treatment forever because now it's like okay, well, when I tried to confront you about this, 
you told me about this. So like, I'm just going to let that go. I'll just continue to have all this treatment that you give me this terrible, poor treatment that both of us are saying is way too much. Just go ahead and do it. I don't know how long it'll last, but it seems like it'll last forever because you now are letting us know you're not open to any kind of criticism. You have to, you just, they're now just saying, okay, well, not only are, is she not open to any criticism, I just have to accept that she's going to be this way. And I know that if I somehow pivot and don't want to continue this friendship, then I'm the reason why it failed. I'm the bad person here. And so it don't, it, that's not just like, I don't know. It's what I feel. I want a word worse than manipulative, but I can't even think, <laughs> I can't even think of it because this, it, I found this so disgusting in a way. And it's so sad because you should never feel that way when someone opens up about something so serious but mm-hmm. the way she does things every time it's always in a position she always postures it in a way of i'm the victim no don't forget even mm-hmm. though i pled guilty to all of these crimes no don't forget i'm the one that might have to go away to jail that that's sad remember i might have to sleep on a hard bed and a uh, you know a small cell that's going to happen to me not you so instead of just you know calling me out for doing all these things to, you know, God knows how many people and stealing millions of dollars, you know, that I pled guilty to, uh, instead just see me as the victim and continue to put me up on a pedestal and treat me as if I need the girl's trips because I'm the one that's, you know, so downtrodden right now. Like, give me a break. Get out of here. I 100% agree. I mean, it's the ultimate (laughs) form of narcissism, right? You're always the victim. Mm -hmm. You never contribute to anything that's going wrong in your life. It's everybody else that is causing Mm -hmm. it. Okay. Got to get your thoughts on this dinner. (laughs) Boy, oh boy. (laughs) They're at dinner in San Diego. And I, for the life of me, felt like they were speaking different languages. (laughs) I couldn't follow I mean, how, how how did you feel watching this? You can tell, like, it has been a champagne kind of trip. Like, the champagne was speaking through them at that dinner. And I, I still, I think I post on social media, like, I still genuinely am not sure I understand what the issue between Heather and Whitney is. Like, I feel like we've argued about it every episode, but I'm still just kind of like, what what's the crux of this is it that because sometimes i feel like okay whitney's mad because heather would not back up this rumor that she heard about lisa and i'm like okay well fine she won't back it up maybe she just didn't think that you would actually bring something that was off camera onto camera like this i don't know i don't know the situation but then she kind of postures and said oh no well uh it's because I told you about this trauma that I have and you don't care. And st- so I, I literally, I feel like I bounced about, I don't know what the issue is. And this dinner <laughs> did nothing to clarify it. So I still have no idea what's going on. I just know I kind of enjoy it. <laughs> Cause there's been two dinners in a row. Now that we had a luau and a Marilyn Monroe theme party. And we still don't know what the issue is. I I feel the same way. And part of me feels bad for Whitney because she is so inarticulate. Like it's just part of who she is. She can't find her words. And so I think there's actually something there and she is not able to put it together for words for Mm -hmm. us to understand as the audience. Maybe everyone there gets it, but we don't. 
you know what it's a little reminiscent of? It kind of reminds me of uh, the way none of us really knew what Sonya's issue was with Drew this past season of Atlanta. How she always said, she's like, no, I told you. I told you what it was. But everyone's like, no, what what was it? Like, we literally, we don't know what it is. And it's the same way because when she starts to talk, it just kind of drifts in the lanes, in and out, in and out. And you're like, I, you're like, I know there's a point there somewhere. Like, I'm I'm almost with you. I kind of get it. But like, what what's the crux of this? And I feel like it should be something, like, once you get there, it should be something that me, as a person you're mad at, I should be able to say, okay, you said this. I'm going to address this so we can actually have resolve at the end of this. And both Whitney and Sonya is just kind of like, what do you mean? What do you do? Because she's saying talk. I mean, she's, she's telling you, you sound like you're saying you want me to let you talk. I'll let you talk, talk. But then it's like, no, that's not the issue. And it's like, okay, I, I don't know what the issue, I, I don't right. know what to do. But I don't, then, I'm losing either way. At the same time, when she's saying talk, she's also then immediately talking over. So yeah. most of the time, she's not actually giving space for Whitney mm-hmm. to talk. I think this all has to do with show stuff, just like the Sonya and Drew stuff was. Mm -hmm. It's all something related to the show, whether or not they had planned in advance what they would or would not say on the show, and one of them backed out, and now they're Mm -hmm. mad at each other over it. And then that kind of led to some altercations that were like, well, you physically shoved me, you've like Mm -hmm. moved, you know, and I'm I'm trying to set boundaries and you're not respecting them. And, you know, but at the same time, how can Heather not know they're on a friendship break or having yeah. a change in their <laughs> friendship when they went from talking on the phone every day to not talking on the phone every day? Like, how yeah. could you not? She's making this as if, like, it's an issue I had no idea. And now Whitney's telling everyone but me. But Whitney is showing you. Mm-hmm. She's showing you she's not behaving the same around you. And you are not behaving the same way around her. It's so weird. That's true. I, I feel a lot of ways about this. So the first thing I feel, Heather needs to do a better job of like, if she is like, you know, remorseful about stuff, she has to do a better job of showing it because, you know, this whole time when she was saying like, you know, talk, let me know. She was kind of doing like, talk, talk, I'm letting you talk. I've been doing it sarcastically or kind of bitingly. It's it's, it's a lot. So I, if I were Whitney too, I would, you know, I would probably feel the same way. It's like, okay, you're saying talk, but you know, you're saying it in a way to like, I, I don't feel like you want to listen to me. You're saying it to kind of appease me and not actually figure out what our issue is and then these two oh these two are so (laughs) funny to me heather i'm kind of enjoying her villain era honestly (laughs) nice okay i haven't heard that take yet but i i I get it but you got to keep in mind i always tell people when i start liking a housewife that's probably a a bad sign because (laughs) (laughs) That housewife is probably on the wrong side of history, but but I'm those two. It if I had a best friend, I I, I can think of one friend right now that I I literally text like from the minute I wake up until I go to sleep at night. We just like we're that that way. But then like I have another friend that I'm just as close with, who we talk. You know, we check in, but we you know our our stuff is mostly in person. Like I'll fly up there to see him. We'll hang out for a week, you know, best friends, you know, we don't need that kind of same relationship. So in that sense, if I 
went from, you know, texting this person from sun up to sundown and then suddenly just not. That's kind of an indication that something's wrong. Like either you're working a lot. One of us is working a lot more than we were or something in our relationship is broken down. And I don't know if it's that Heather I'm almost I'm always thinking like the other side of things, like the, the stuff we don't see on camera, like you said. So I'm thinking like, OK, is Heather just saying, uh, you know what? We might just need a little break ourselves. It's OK. We'll just see each other when we see each other. And when we when we actually get back on the same page, that'll pick up and her not picking up on the fact that Whitney has done this very consciously because, you know, some it's difference between like doing it consciously and then doing it like oh i just might want to give that person a little space so you know we don't have to you know things get worse if that makes sense how much do you think it has to do with lisa barlow because heather has a hate for lisa (laughs) barlow that Mm -hmm. i don't feel like i've seen on any of these shows she hates her it came across so much at the season one reunion again Mm -hmm. at the season two reunion she's blinded by rage at lisa and now her closest friend is now becoming closer with Lisa and telling Lisa all the shit they talked. So mm-hmm. is that like she's just mad at Whitney for having that friendship? It came out a little at this dinner too because Heather Heather is good for like the kind of throwaway lines that she tries to make it seem like it doesn't mean anything. But when you think about it, it's like you're kind of bothered by that. And so that it seems like that's one of those situations because she kind of threw out there. Well, you're so far up Lisa's asshole now that you're doing like it's like, OK, so that's clearly an issue with you where you feel like they're way too close now. And now at the same time, you and her are not close. So it makes me feel like at some point Whitney was conveying to Heather that she really does not want beef with Lisa. She wants to be friends with her and she wants to get on a good page. And Heather was just kind of like, I I don't know why, you know, Lisa's maybe fake or whatever, you know, whatever the issue is with Heather and Lisa. And I think that now that they're actually friends, Heather probably feels like now Whitney's gotten everything she's wanted. And she's probably not okay with that because I still need to, is all of this from a, a thumbs up text and a right. Good I'm trying time to remember her like, saying she, yeah, like she what like honor code what like what right. was the thing like why she hates Lisa Barlow so much? I mean, the only thing that made sense to me was that Lisa Barlow maybe didn't want Heather cast on the show originally, and possibly Whitney right. too. We heard these rumors or they said it on the reunion or something like that. And that's the reason they didn't like her. But they're on the show now. And who cares what she thought beforehand? They're clearly all in this together. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, and to hold on to that for so long and Can with just- such <laughs> vero- like she's so ferocious in her hate of yeah. Lisa Barlow. It, it, like, can you explain to me why you don't like Lisa? Like, why do you hate her so much? This entire cast needs to do a better job of explaining their issues with other people. I think that's the recurring theme that we're coming up with. And I love the fact that we don't just say Lisa. We all like collectively just say Lisa Barlow. We have to say the last name when we say it. And I kind of love that. But yeah, they they all need to do a better job of conveying, except Jen. Jen needs to do a much... Yeah, <laughs> she conveys too much. <laughs> exactly, way too much. <laughs> Everyone else needs uh, to get some lessons in getting to there. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is your like central thesis? 
Like, yes. please tell me what what's your thesis statement? Okay, like yes. explain to me what what what's your hypothesis? What are you trying to get out of this? Mm-hmm. Oh man, it is so crazy. But when they were on the club dancing. And there's all this mm-hmm. like Heather whispering. Well, she she picked her team. She chose her team. And it's like, why does, why Whitney. are you so focused on mm-hmm. teams? Mm-hmm. And we've seen this on Potomac too. Like you have to pick a side. Why can't people be friends with other people that like? Why is this such a? Oh my god, are we all stuck in like kindergarten? It housewives really makes you realize that like we're all people that are just stuck in high school because like no matter how old you get it all just feels like it's high school where you know I I'm fr- I'm the popular one they want to be on our team they can be on our team they're going to join the other gang and you know be we're all just going to come snapping down the hallway right we're all day. just the sharks <laughs> and the jets yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it feels like it feels like we're all just like if I can't get in with the cool kids and I'll be over here and I'll hate the cool kids instead, or the cool kids are mean to me and I'll be, it, it, it's all just, it all reverberates. What When we get in kindergarten, y'all, that's where we are until the day we die. <laughs> <laughs> until the day we die. Boy. So, okay. Final question. Mm-hmm. What happened to Heather's eye? <laughs> I the great mystery of 2022 like I need to know immediately that reveal was so dramatic how Jen literally stood up let Meredith sit in her seat and then the shades came I'm like okay whoa this is like a Steven Spielberg movie right here like what is happening I have no idea it may they're making it seem like when it was just the eye I was like okay she ran into a door or something but when she showed like the marks on the arm and everything I was like okay something what happened like i don't know if there was a confrontation do you think like maybe it was a luann moment and she fell in a bush or something or that's the most likely but Mm -hmm. i think they're trying to make us think it was a person because someone knocked on the door at 4 50 a.m but i'm also trying to think of how long it takes to get a bruise like that i was gonna say that happened Fast. They said seven. What was it? Seven hours later. I think that's what they said. Yeah, and it was even less because four fifty a.m. was an hour and a half after they stopped filming. Oh, so it was like Sheesh. five and a half hours, which I think is enough to create a bruise. It's going to yeah. get worse, right? Like over time, oh, definitely because of, <laughs> of the Ooh. inflammatory response. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at this like so Boy. scientifically. <laughs> But it's the left eye, but the right mm-hmm. arm. Let's see if we can. What, what theory? What, what do you have a theory? Like what? Do, let me see. I don't know. I was trying to think. Someone threw a baseball and it ricocheted. I don't know. Well, who <laughs> I do you don't think know. knocked on the door? Mm. I thought it was Jen Shaw because she said, "I thought come they said like I'll room. sleep in my room or come mm-hmm. sleep in my room." So. I also know that they were all absolutely plastered. Right. You know what? Maybe it was Jen. And then, like, you know, she we, we've learned over these, you know, this San Diego trip, she likes to throw stuff. So maybe she threw something and it was dark and Heather <laughs> couldn't catch it. Or and it's, uh, and I, I just refuse to believe that someone got this violent and then it not made, like, more of a rumble 
in the press or something. Like I feel like we would have known if something like happened. I, it's got to be. I don't you think know. it was another person. I think it I was don't like either. She fell out of the bed, like on her right side, so like it scratched her right arm, and then she rolled Ooh. on her left and like hit it on something. What a cliffhanger, though. I'm I'm definitely tuning in live because I need to see. I need to see how that happened. What if they don't know in. how it happened? What if they were all blacked out and don't remember? Because that's what oh, I think. Oh, no. That would be the worst. No. I'm pretty sure because she was asked how she got the black eye. And she's like, well, I'll find out when you do or something. Like, <laughs> or like I don't know what. Hi- it's something about. I mean, they were absolutely plastered. Watching yeah. them walk back in. Like, drop a glass everyone has pizza lisa barlow forgot her phone in the van jen got locked out (laughs) like yeah they're pressing their boobs against glass i absolutely they were just like insane Mm -hmm. it it, i i I need to know if we don't find out that's going to be you know, one of those great housewives mysteries that will keep me up at night. I need to know. Hopefully, I'm hoping by that comment, she just meant that I have no idea. I haven't seen it. Y'all will have to show, you know, I'll learn when you guys do. So hopefully, if it wasn't, you know, the Bravo cameras up. Oh, God, I hope it was like a, a, a Cynthia's bachelorette party type situation where the, you know, they didn't cover enough cameras in there and something was showing like some of the security cameras in the Airbnb or whatever. I need, come on, Airbnb, come through for me, Vivint or whatever it is. Like, I <laughs> no, need someone to show Angie up for it's Angie K's us. friend. <laughs> oh, you're right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, 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 my gosh. I need to find out. I I hope that they'll at least, like, have, like, the sound, if not the, yeah. if not the video, you know? Oof. The audio of, like, the fall. Just give us as, as much as you can give us. Give it to us. <laughs> we need it. Give it to. Give it to us. Oh, oh my boy. goodness! Well, thank you for breaking all this down with me. I love chatting with you, Kendrick. You are just—you've like the best voice, and you have oh. such great takes, and you're so funny. Um, tell everyone where they can find you and hear your fantastic podcast. Why? Thank you. So I. I am the host of Reality and Comics 2. You can find me on all available, you know, platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart, all of the places, Reality and Comics 2, or you can search my name, Kendrick Tucker. Follow me on Instagram at Reality Comics 2. That's T-O-O. Come for the memes. Stay for the ridiculous ramblings in my stories. (laughs) I love your ramblings. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, well, we'll have to have you on again for sure. And have a we'll great... do it in person oh, next time. Yes, I'll come up yes, there. There yes. we go. <laughs> come to DC. We will record together. Yes. We can bring everyone else in on it. Like, yes. oh, so, so fun. Mm-hmm. Well, we will talk soon. <laughs>